Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. Happy Halloween. The big box stores had no trouble getting in the Halloween spirit because they started putting the decorations and candy out. I want to say it was August when I saw it in the stores. Easy August. I mean, here it is October, and they've already got the Christmas stuff out. So, so yeah. gross. I, mean, we, I don't even we've know already, what to do. We've already bypassed Thanksgiving for <laughs> Christmas. It's uh, marketing, retail, <laughs> great. Yeah. And it works because the kids are well aware that a night of trick-or-treating is fast approaching. I'm going to stay home and scare kids. This year, I'm going to be a bat. I'm going to be Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> and I want to be a zombie unicorn. I want to be a skeleton. Laura Engel from Little House on the Prairie and a zombie unicorn. I know some interesting kids is all I'm saying. Well, I'm going to say nobody is going to get the Laura Engel from Little House on the Prairie. I I love it. She's six, Mike. I don't understand it. She's a cool kid, but she's been watching. I don't know if it's on Netflix or something (laughs) and just really enamored by the prairie life. I don't know. Well, um, I mean, it's awesome. I like having costumes that are great costumes, but when nobody knows what you're dressed as. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of an odd thing. Somebody's going to go like, are you Little Miss Muffet? You know, what you, you're it's a right. Whole thing. If she had a, if she had like a cane and a sheet behind her, she'd be Little Miss Muffet. If she's, mm-hmm. wasn't Laura Ingalls like running around a field with a basket or was that the little sister? Of I don't remember. You raise a good point because one time as a kid, I was a mime and I had to explain that over and over. Um, what do you mean yeah, you're don't, a mime? Don't get, don't get a costume. <laughs> yet, how, how can you say trick or treat if you're a mime? How do you mime trick or treat? It didn't go well that didn't year. Go well. You didn't get much candy. <laughs> what are your kids going to be this year? Finn, the six-year-old, has been the first to the table. Well, of course. Uh, and the first thing he said, and I was I got to admit, I was kind of proud, but mom kind of like, what? <laughs> he wanted to be Chucky. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, oh, my gosh. It's aggressive at six. It's aggressive at six. (laughs) But you would be the best because he's just the right size, Mm -hmm. you know, and he could run around and I can get him the (laughs) red hair and the fake knife and he could just run around and be like a great... He could be so. As soon as he said Chucky, I'm like, oh, we're so doing Chucky. You know, no matter what your mom says, we're doing Chucky. <laughs> but you know, I got a 10 year old and a 12 year old still doing Halloween. That's a whole. The 12 year old's going out shopping with her 12 year old and 13 year old friends for outfits, right? Oh, so, cool. Yeah, cross our fingers on what they come back with there. <laughs> the 10 year old's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's kind of kind of tweener for him, but we'll see. He just wants the candy. I know, Luke. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah, he wants the candy. <laughs> I was that yeah. way, too, which is why I was a mime at the last minute. Anyway, fall, a favorite time of year for so many people. But as Halloween approaches, fall has been a little scary for investors. The market has been spooked by the Fed, jobs reports, corporate earnings, and who knows what else. And those closely eyeing their retirement accounts know all too well that stocks are down roughly 20 percent and bonds 14 percent for the year on average. I mean, Mike, no wonder a lot of our listeners and people that are unfortunately not listening are wondering if it's time to seek safety and looking for a place to find it. Well, and that's the problem is safety is relative. And most investors and obviously a lot of our listeners We're a product of our environment. And so what we were trained along the way was to believe that stocks are risky, but potentially higher returns, more risk, higher returns, and bonds are safe. And when we spit out data like that, which is, oh, well, stocks are down roughly 20, right? So 20 or more, but bonds are down 14. 
There are so many people out there who felt like they were conservative or they were advised that in order to get conservative, you should move into bonds. And now they're scratching their heads going, yeah, I'm in bonds. I was told I was conservative and I'm still down 14%. That doesn't sound very conservative to me or people who had what they what they felt, which are technically diversified portfolios, meaning, well, I'm not all in stocks. I'm not all in bonds. Maybe I'm 60% stocks and I'm 40% bonds. So I'm moderate investor. But meanwhile, my stocks are down over 20 and my bonds are down around 14. I'm losing money all over the place. And and this isn't the first time this has happened, Krista. I mean, we're, we are coached over time, whether it's our 401k, right, or retirement account at work, or whether it's our hang-in-there advisor who's told us they've built a diversified portfolio for us, and no matter how bad it gets, they just tell us to hang in there. We've been coached to that we're diversified, and we should just hang in there. Meanwhile, it's just not working out. So going mm-hmm. back to, you know, should we seek safety? Well, then there's also a lot of people out there going, well, gee whiz, I'm already down this much, and I, I've ridden it down I hate to make a change right now because what if it goes back up and what if this and what if that? And that's what I've been told. Hang in there. It eventually get better. And I would tell you, I agree. If you hang in there, I do believe it will eventually get better. But the next thing that I would ask you is what is your timeline on it getting better? It can take a really long time for it to get better. And it can also get worse before it gets better. So what I would prefer, and this is what we do for our clients and anybody that calls in, why don't we take the time to understand your investments and what they're likely to do if markets continue to go down or if interest rates continue to go up? Because the Fed's already told us they're going to raise rates, mm-hmm. right? And if they continue to raise rates, that's not, not going to be very good for the bonds and also not very good for stocks if it continues to go down. We've got Jamie Dimon coming out mm-hmm. going, hey, I don't like this. Yeah, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon was on CNBC the other day talking about how the economy is still actually doing well, but he made some headlines with his forecast, though. You can't talk about the economy without talking about the stuff in the future. And this is serious stuff, okay? This is inflation, which obviously is you know changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about. It's rates going up more than people expected already, and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore, the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt, and it's the war. And these are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. Uh, and you know, the world. I mean, Europe is already in a recession, and they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six, nine months from now. When they asked about his outlook on the S&P 500, he said the benchmark could fall by another easy 20% from current levels, adding Mm -hmm. that, quote, the next 20% would be much more painful than the first. So not all of our listeners are going to necessarily identify with who Jamie Dimon is. He is not directly responsible, but basically identified as one of the main people that navigated the financial crisis in 2008. He's respected, and his opinion is respected. When you say navigated, like navigated through it well? Well is a relative term, given everything that happened. I mean, I don't want to dig up 2008. There's a lot of history there. But he's identified as being one of the front people there, identifying it as a problem Mm. and coming up with some solutions along the way. So he's got a lot of respect when it comes to finance and Wall Street and uh, banking and everything else. So for him to come out and say... And by the way, after everything that's happened, he's coming out now, right? I mean, I just kind of want to point out we've uh-huh. 2022 has already been 
difficult. There's already been a lot of things going on. Markets are already off, meaning down more than 20%. And if you listen to the whole interview, you know, he tiptoed around it, which you need mm -hmm. to do. You can't just make broad statements about what you think is going to happen, but he tiptoed around a lot of things. But I think the main things were, well, do you think that the economy is going to do well here moving forward? He basically said no. I think the probability of a recession is very high within the next six to nine months. Where do you think about the market? He said, well, I think it could be easily down another 20%, and that would be more painful than the first 20%. I agree with that 100%, because listen, the first 20% was painful, but people haven't quite reached the same amount of pain than if you're down 40 or 50% in your portfolio. I mean, if you take a look at your retirement account, and within the next six months or so, it's down more than 40% from where you started. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And people, for obvious reasons, would tend to hit the brakes. I'm not feeling good about spending money in the economy. I'm not feeling good about taking a loan. I'm not feeling good about anything else. I'm just going to basically bury my head in the sand and cut way back. That is not great for an economy. When mm -hmm. people decide to stop spending money, which happens historically, the economy comes to a screeching halt. And when the economy comes to a screeching halt, stock markets typically don't do well. And so if you put all of these things together, it's not a rosy picture. And so it's to like have a storm's brewing kind it's of. It's a storm's brewing. And, and I would argue it's been brewing for a long time. It's just that he's a pretty big deal. And he said, I could see the S&P being down another 20%. He didn't mm -hmm. say it would be, right? He just said, mm -hmm. you know, basically, it wouldn't surprise me kind of thing. So all of that being said, be careful. Understand what's likely to happen. There are investments that do well when markets are doing poorly. Even if you haven't heard about them yet, we'd be happy to talk to you about them. That's, that's probably the number one call we get, Kristen, with all of this volatility and, and markets going down and people feeling kind of stuck. There are ways to invest where you do well if markets do poorly. Those are the types of changes we've made to portfolios. So we've been bearish, which means we felt like markets were going to be lower for a long time now. So we made those changes to portfolios, particular accounts that are IRAs and Roth accounts, that type of thing, because there's no tax consequence to clients. But a lot of people are out there that, that didn't get that type of advice and struggling right now. I don't think it's too late, Kristen. I, I think markets will continue to be lower. If I had to guess, and it would be a guess, I think we could get to at least 3,200 on the S&P. That, that's low, lower than it is today. I mean. So do I have a crystal ball? No. But just take some time to figure out what's likely to happen and then understand all of your investment options. We can build a portfolio that does well if markets go down, just like we can build one that does well if markets go up. We can build one that has more protection in it, right? So if markets are up or down, it just trades kind of flat. There's a lot of things we can do, and no, we're not just going to try to sell you a financial product from an insurance company somewhere. Let's take a look at all of the options and help you make an informed decision. You know, Mike, all of this really came full circle for me the other day. I got together with my folks after they went to this club that they're a member of, right. and my mom said, you would not believe what so-and-so was saying. It reminded me of what you and Mike talk about on the radio. And this was in the last recent weeks when we've had big dips on certain days. So-and-so said that she got nervous about what was going on with the market. So she called her advisor and he said, just hang in there. This is a short-term thing. It's going to turn around. Keep moving forward. We have you allocated properly. Now, I wasn't there for the conversation, but my mother's and not And then the liar. phone like, 
click. <laughs> they hang up. No, yeah. she was satisfied with that answer. That's why my mom relayed it to me because, yeah, this is really happening. When people are nervous and they see the closing numbers and they see the volatility and they call their advisor, they're actually getting this answer. I mean, sometimes I thought you were exaggerating. This proves to me that's not the case. No, the majority of people are getting that answer. And there's a lot of listeners right now. Well, what I'd say about it without being as irritated as it irritates me is so that's their environment. Okay. So, so any advisor that's, if I can throw them a lifeline right now, that's the company they work for, right? That's the environment they work in. That's the coaching they got. And that is what they tell people when things get bad, right? And if you keep calling them, it might be even hard to get them to return your call. But they get very, very frustrated in this type of a scenario because many of them, they don't have a solution, right? The solution is I built you a diversified portfolio, eventually come back. And they can hang their hat on that because eventually they'll be right. But what I found is investors, particularly ones closer to retirement, that answer doesn't sit very well, particularly after they're down, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're paying somebody a fee or a commission or whatever you're paying them to do any sort of active management of your portfolio. They should be and then, taking and then some they action. Don't, and then they don't do any action. Even after you um, call them. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you have a right to be angry. I just think that it shouldn't be confrontational, right? Let me remind all of our listeners, your advisor works for you right? They are employed by you. You have the right to fire them if they aren't doing a good job. Just like if you're running a company, right? And you're losing money and that employee is bad for you. If your advisor's bad for you, you can fire them. You don't have an obligation to them. Doesn't matter how nice they are or how many dinners they bought you or whatever the heck they did. It's your money. Take charge of it. Kristen, we feel really, really good about our performance this year in this terrible market. I can't talk about exactly what we did on the radio because the rules and regulations Mm -hmm. say I can't, but I can talk about it in person at the office. We would love to share with you what we've been doing, you know, how we've done it and, you know, how we feel about this year and everything coming up. But moving forward, what I would say is if you want to know more about what we do, how we do it, compare what we've been doing to how you've been doing. If you feel like we can provide value, you might want to hire us, but you're not going to know unless you come sit down. This is, this, is, this, is, this is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and the station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy.